as we come together today to celebrate Christmas Day, it's not a separate celebration in which we separate what we celebrated last night from today. But in some sense, last night and today were a continuation, a long-awaited anticipation for something. Because it's a continuation of what we understand and develop in our understanding of who and what we're celebrating. Last night in our readings, we heard about the historical birth being proclaimed, and that birth is of a God, a God who gives of himself and is a gift. Today, we look at who and what that gift is. So we hear today from our gospel reading from the prologue or the intro to the gospel of John. We hear in the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. If you've heard me preach so often, you see and have heard me preach constantly over and over and over about the love and the relationship of God. And so you've heard me speak ad nauseum about this over and over and over but we don't really understand the ramifications, we don't understand the reality, and we don't understand why it is so important in our daily lives. Because when we say the words, I love you, they're just words that come out of our mouth, that just flow from our mouth, and have no real meaning. Sometimes we try to make sure that we emphasize, that we show and display what we say and what we do, and make sure they come harmoniously together. Just think of it this way. Every morning when we greet someone, we say good morning, and we automatically click in and say, how are you? But how many of us actually here care about how someone else is doing? We say it just for a formality's sake, but at the end of the day, we could care less what they respond to it. There was one day I decided I was going to just give a snarky response to see if people were actually paying attention to it. And what was interesting in that was the response was, yeah, my cat died. It's been great. And so someone walked up to me at seminary and said, hey, how are you doing? My cat died, but I'm doing good. They just kept walking. It's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. My cat died and I'm doing okay and it's just a cool, okay. But we see that's the automatic mental response we give to those responses, to those answers we give. So when we talk about love, it's just like, oh, it's just another response that we have to show, that we have to share. But we forget the ramifications and the reality of that love. We hear from the prologue of John today because it illustrates and articulates for us that love of God. God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to become man. If we look at this nativity scene here, the words that usually come up to describe it is, it's so beautiful, it's so peaceful. Or even the fact that you look at baby Jesus and he's so cute and adorable, right? Last night when I was holding him, you can see the, the, the blonde hair, blue eyed. You know, you just want to pinch his cheek and say how cute you are. But if we really look deep down into this meaning of the nativity scene, I wish the meaning deep down was as cute and adorable as it looked. 
But in reality, this nativity scene speaks of love and is always pointed towards the reality of the cross. But in reality, we want to separate Christmas from the cross. Put Christ's birth and Christ's death as two separate things. How can this cute little baby be that man hanging half naked on the cross? How can that be? But if we look at this reality, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We hear and recognize in our gospel reading that he is the son of God. He existed before all ages. He existed before time began and was in relationship with God the Father. But because of sin, because of the love he has for each and every one of us, the Father gave us his Son. The Son responds to the Father with this unconditional yes, that I will be incarnate. I will lay down my life for those I love. And therefore, he comes in our presence, walks in our midst 2,000 years ago to show us, to illustrate, to articulate for us what that love really means. Because when we look at the nativity scene, we see isolation, we see loneliness, we see sacrifice, we see laying down one's life for one's lovers. Because the manger that he's laying in is cold, where animals reside. The trough that Jesus is put in after his birth is an image of sacrifice for the other. It's being eaten by animals. But that image illustrates and shows us how much he loves us and that unconditional love he has for us. It's not just words anymore. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It's not just the words, I love you anymore. But God said, I'm going to come and become man because I've told you through the prophets, through the law, how much I love you. But instead, all of humanity looked at the laws, looked at the prophets as if nothing really matters. They're just words that these prophets are proclaiming. These laws are things that God are hindering me from doing what I want to do. I want to be free. To be free means to be unhindered from any obligation, anything that chains me to something. But yet the true meaning of freedom is to bind oneself to one's lover. So how are we truly free when we don't have the laws that guide us? The laws of the Ten Commandments aren't just rules and obligations, my dear brothers and sisters. But instead, it's what I ought to do. I ought to love my brothers and sisters. I ought to respect and honor my parents. I ought to speak the truth. I ought to not take something that does not belong to me. It guides us on the way of love. It shows us how we ourselves can be more loving, more compassionate. But instead, we see that as rules, obligations, and things that chain and hinder me. So what is that love? Where is that love? That love is here, my dear brothers and sisters. 
We don't have to listen to the prophets anymore. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word, that word we say, I love you, is not just a word anymore. It's incarnate, took on human flesh, and showed us exactly what it means to love. So as we celebrate Christmas, we're called to share that love unconditionally with the world. But to share something, we must have something. This is not sharing from our excess, but sharing from what we've been blessed and given. When Jesus became man, he didn't just share a partial humanity. He wasn't just 50% God, 50% human. He wasn't just a spirit wrapped in a body or a body wrapped in a spirit or just a ghost, a phantom that was present in our midst. He was fully God and fully man when he appeared and showed up and was born in Bethlehem. He entered fully into this life with us. He took on suffering, death, sacrifice. He understood our reality, everything except sin. So what are we to do, my dear brothers and sisters, as we continue our Christmas celebration? We're reminded of God's love for us. It began 2,000 years ago at the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it continues every day and every moment of our life. It begins as simple as a nativity, but that nativity will lead to the crucifixion and death on the cross. If we love God enough, it will happen, but we have to do something about it. We can't just keep sitting here in our pews anymore. We have to do something. If we love God, if we understand this ramification of God's love for us, then there's a call to action, a call to do something, a call to bring Christ to the masses and share that good news of his love. But if not, then Christmas can just be any other day. Christmas is then therefore just a commercialized holiday with lights, with decorations, with presents. And it's just another day that we come together to party, to celebrate, and call it a day. But in reality, our Lord and God, our Lord and Savior, appeared, was made, was incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, walked 2,000 years ago to show and to share His love with each and every one of us. And therefore, the world was changed 2,000 years ago. Our hearts, therefore, need to change and continue to change. Because that event 2,000 years ago has occurred. But we are still waiting for His coming in glory. We are still waiting for that love to be manifested in this world. We're still waiting for us to enter into that heavenly realm in which love exists and is just overflowing where we will spend all eternity in his love. But it requires us to begin. So as we continue our Eucharistic celebration, we come to the altar of love. We come to the end of the story of love. 
where Jesus himself lays down his life and feeds us with his own body and blood. So how do we choose to respond today? How do we choose to live out this Christmas message? Are we going to leave the church today changed forever? Or is it going to be just another day for each and every one of us? Amen.